0: Today, we're going to go to uh, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. If you are new here, my name's Steve. I'm the pastor here. It's a pleasure to have you here tonight with us, post-camp. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. If you don't have your Bibles, it's on the uh, big screen. And it reads this. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Amen. Amen. As I said last week we had the opportunity to go to camp and um I think we had a great time. And I, I feel like I feel bad because, you know, obviously not everyone could make it and uh, it was a great camp because we, we took the whole family away, you know, like all the kids came. And I think we, I, I think the most, I think we had like 11 kids, like three babies at one time we were catering for. and It was chaos. They had a great time. I've got a few photos that, um, what are we, we've got some photos. That's that's Pastor Ray. Um, there was a... Uh, the, uh, I couldn't find the photo, and I reckon we do have one, a photo of Pastor Ray and Albert standing next to each other. And you can't, it's sort of like who's who. Um, but that's Pastor Ray. He's, he's uh, blessed our church tremendously. Um, yeah, so that. And then this is Pastor Jay, Jay Moore, who came from Cowra, and she ran our uh, kids' camp. My kids all week have been talking about camp. Oh, do you remember when we did this and do you remember when we did this and you know for me that's that's a successful camp, you know, like the kids were so excited about camp and um and and, and you know, they they can't wait till you know we go away and exciting times. And, and and one of the activities we did with the families was to go to the zoo. Um and that's little Jordan um and a little kangaroo um that actually looks like the char Sydney. A little bit of a typo. Kind of. Um, our kids love the zoo. It's this little zoo down next to the 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 um the campsite. And I think actually some of the bigger kids had a lot more fun because they kept telling me how tired they were after the zoo. <laughs> it's not, I was like, it, it it wasn't that big of a zoo, but um and so kids and the family, some of the families went along to the zoo. And then some of the other adults, we went on this amazingly pleasant, easy bushwalk just down. They said 30 minutes. They said 30 minutes. And it took us an hour and a half to get down. And uh, getting down, actually, that was the fun part. Um, But as soon as we came down, we knew some people weren't going to make it back up. And I remember we, we called SOS back to our campsite and we had Arnie and Ellen drive down um and picks them up um clement's not here today but i think clement oh is he is he downstairs is he serving (sighs) we nearly had to report a dead body on the bushwalkers clement he nearly didn't make it and then ashley nearly didn't make it either like ashley i i I will never forget ashley's face we got about halfway and she said we need to stop and I remember Abs, myself, um, I think it was Joyce. Yeah, it was four of us. And Ash said, "We need to stop." And I said, "Oh, oh my goodness!" And I was like, "Okay, I'll just put her on my shoulders, or like, or Abs and I will will carry her." I remember Abs was walking, and he looked, and and Ash goes, "I'm ready to go." And then Abs looked around at at me with this look of fear, just like. She's going to die. You know, I just there was this fear about that, but she made it. You did well, Ash. Clem didn't make it, but Ash made it. Uh, what else? We had we had some fun at night. We had some family games. the, the disappointment in that one photo. You can whole the whole group was disappointed. We don't know what happened. We don't know what happened, but Chris is disappointed. Janice is disgusted. Ian, Ian, I don't know. Like, it's a bit confusing what Ian's thinking at that time. But, but Tony cannot hide how he feels, and uh, and so we we had a lot of um a lot of fun playing the games. It was so funny just seeing how many how many competitive people there are in our community. Hey, just so competitive, and um, and it was funny because the games finished and then the kids went to sleep. And then the adult game started, and we, we like there, there was like a few hours of like charades happening um, in in the hall where it's like like wow you guys need to get out a bit more kind of thing you know <laughs> like uh, but it was it was good fun it sounds like everyone had a great time and and I really appreciate all the feedback that we've been receiving and if you do have more feedback we'd love to hear that because we always want to make camp. Uh, better every year we we always want to improve ourselves and so um, that would be great as well we don't have plans for camp uh, next year as of yet Uh, but uh, who knows you know that can change very quickly Uh, the the building that we were in actually Boronia they're shutting that down for three months because they're actually going to renovate it which means that it's going to be even nicer than what it is now so um, we might we might sneak a a little camp in uh, next year Uh, we'll see how we go uh, tonight I wanted to just share some of my own reflections uh, and some learnings from the camp as well. Um, I guess, uh, as said, for everyone camp finished on Sunday, but for me I felt like camp finished on Thursday morning. Uh, just had so much great time. We passed the rain and whatnot, and um, and I just wanted to share with you uh, some of the gold nuggets that that I really felt like God was sharing to me, uh, not just for myself but also for our community. And they all do come out of this one passage. Um, which is one of my life verses, and, and hopefully it's a verse that really stands out for you. Let me just read that verse again. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. And there's three things that I want to share with you um, tonight uh, about some of the things that uh, I learned at camp and some of the things that uh, hopefully we can all pick up. Um, as well. Uh, The first one is, it it starts with God in me. It starts with God in me. Uh, The the theme of our camp was essentials, chapel essentials. Uh, What are the essentials of Christian living? What are the essentials of being a church? Whether it was the idea of servanthood, whether it was vision casting, having faith from the small things. The foundation of everything that we do starts with this phrase, it's, it's how God moves in us. It starts with God in me. Verse 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Uh, th- there's a clear reminder to us in this verse that everything starts with God. I actually think that one of the things that we get wrong a lot in our lives, especially in our spiritual lives, is that our starting point is not the right place. A lot of the times we go to God uh, with the starting point of what can you do for me or this is my need, how can you fulfill it rather than, God, what are your plans, what are your thoughts and what are your desires? Uh, we make our faith very uh, selfish. We, we make our faith all about ourselves rather than God and we just treat God like a vending machine. Uh, if we're hungry, we treat him like a hospital if we're sick, you know. Uh, we kind of use God rather than asking God what God is doing inside of us. And and we see this in our lives. And too many times, whether it be in our lives, our work, our families, and even in our faith, we don't start with God, but we start with ourselves. But the, the verse reads, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. You know, a lot of the times the world tells us, trust in yourself. Back yourself. You know, lean on your skills, lean on your experience. And yet the Bible tells us completely the opposite. It says lean not. Lean not on yourself. But how many times do we find ourselves falling back on our own understandings and experiences rather than trusting God? Even in our Christian lives, how many times do we find ourselves steering the ship of our own lives? uh Jesus take the wheel right it's, it's a praise song. Uh, it's this idea well in, in, in if, if your life is like a car, who's driving it who's who's sitting in, in the driver's seat of your car holding the steering wheel of your life is it you or is it God? When we trust in ourselves well what are we doing? we're holding the steering wheel? We're saying we know where we're going, we, we know how to get there, so we're just going to go. And yet, this Bible, this, this verse tells us, no, 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 no. you've got to let go of the will so that God takes the will. And you've got to trust where God takes you. See, for me, I think one of the, one of the realizations that I had, uh, and I guess I have this sort of on a semi-regular basis because uh, I'm a little bit of a control freak. You know, I have control issues. I like to be in control. You know, I'm a very planned out person. You know, like this week, if you told me, well, what are you doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? I would pull out my diary and go, well, Tuesday I'm doing this and Wednesday I'm doing this. So I like to know what I'm doing. And and that goes in the same with, with our church. I like to know where we're going as a church. I like to know what's happening as a church. And uh, it's funny, right? We're building the church, but I like to do it my way. Uh, and, and, and God has to remind me, and usually the way He reminds me is He kind of has to shake me a bit uh, because I'm very stubborn, and, and and just shake me and go, look, this is my church. It doesn't start with you. It starts with me. And I felt like God was asking, as we were just spending some time uh, at camp, who's building this church? Uh, one of the highlights for me and it's more of a personal highlight. We had morning devotions at seven, and you know I'm I'm a big believer in leadership from the front, setting by example. You know, so what I what I like to do is if the session starts at seven, then I make sure I'm I'm there by six thirty and spend my own time with God. And actually, those two mornings were were, were amazing for me. It was so quiet that, you know, you just see the mountain and you see the ocean and just spending that time before the hustle and bustle um, of of camp, you know, Uh, the thing that actually interrupted that time both mornings was the sound of someone grinding coffee beans. And that was Patty, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I come out early to meet God. He comes out early to make coffee for everyone else that comes to meet God. And I thought that was awesome. Uh, If I drank coffee, I would have had some. Um, and I asked him, I said, why do you, like, because he's grinding them for like 20 minutes, right? I said, does it take you this long? And he goes, no, 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 it's because I'm grinding them for multiple cups of coffee, not just for himself and really appreciated that heart. Um, but it, it was that little little time before, you know, sort of things started. I felt like I was saying, Steve, are you asking me what I can do for you today? Or are you telling me what I should do for you today or have you come to ask me what my plans are for today and so i came to this point where i realized that wow so many times even with god we go to god with agenda rather than seeking what god's agenda is for us we take our agenda and we push it upon god rather than submitting to him under his own agenda And so the first morning, I kind of had to wrestle with God. So the second morning was great because I worked it out in the first morning. And I remember just sitting there and saying, okay, God, what is it that you want today? What is it that you want today? What is it that you have planned for me today? What is it that you want for my life today? And I think so many times we don't ask God these questions because we already know for ourselves what we want, what our desire is, instead of asking God. And I think that's the whole point. The whole point of this verse, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, is to say, God, I trust in you and your plans, and I'm not going to lean on myself, and I'm not going to you know, work it out myself, so what do you have to say? Where are we going today? A lot of times we fly past these questions onto our own plans, but one of the key things that I took out of camp was to spend time asking God these questions because they are the essentials. The essential is not what can I do for God today, but the essential is to understand what God has done for us and what God desires. Do you start with him? In your life, do you start with him or do you quickly move on to you? That's the first thing. Uh, secondly, uh, it's a statement, it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Verse 6, in all your ways submit to him. Another thing that we see that, that God is God is concerned about your all. You know, God is not just concerned with parts of your life. God is not just concerned with the the faith parts of your life or or the spiritual parts of your life. God is concerned with all parts of your life. God is not just concerned with your Sundays, but He is equally as concerned with your Mondays. God is not concerned about what you offer to Him on your Sundays, but He is concerned about what you offer to Him on your. Mondays This one's a special one. God is not concerned about what you say to him in church, but he is also concerned about what you say on your social media. So God is concerned about all. But we we like to compartmentalize this and we go, "Well, there's a God part of our life." And then there is a non-God part of our life. And we do this all the time. Uh, At a minimum, it's sort of like the Sunday service or Sunday part, which is a God part, and then sort of the rest of the week part. Or if you go a little bit step further, you go Sundays and life group, and then the rest of the week. Or if you go even a little bit more, you go Sundays, life group, and read scripture part, and then the rest of the day is up to you. But we've got to understand that God is God is concerned with all of our lives, like twenty-four-seven, and 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 that's a, a reassuring thing, especially when we're going through struggles. You know, sometimes we feel like, oh, you know, what I'm going through, God doesn't care about, but He really does. From the from the big stuff to the littlest things, you know, God, He really cares about that. He really cares about that. But but on the flip side of the coin. Uh, he wants you to care about him in all areas of your life as well. He wants you to honor him in, in all areas of your life, whether it be your finances, whether it be your time, whether it be your relationships. The the image of uh, part-time Christianity is interesting because if, if you're a full-time worker and you just decided to be, you, in your mind, you just go, you know, I'm just going to work from nine to two. If you're a full-time, if you're a part-time worker, that's just your job. But if you're a full-time worker and you work, you rock up to work tomorrow and you go to your manager and you say, "You know what? I'm, I'm just going to work from nine to two from now on. I just don't feel it. You know, I just you know, you're going to get fired. You know, it's not acceptable." You know, when you're a student, you you know you you don't go up to your lectures and go. You know what? I know that it says you know you need to turn up to eighty percent of your classes, and I I know that rule very well. I've I've got that tattooed somewhere in my body. (laughs) You know, you know, working out how many classes I can miss. If you go up to your lecture and say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to skip eighty percent. You know, you, you will fail. It's not acceptable. You try that in marriage. Right for those that are married, you, I'm not encouraging you to do this, but imagine if you did this. Like you turn up to your wife and you say, "You know what? I feel like I feel like we should be married seventy percent of the time. Yeah, seventy percent. Well, let's try seventy percent, three days a week. Let's be married Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and then we'll just uh, you know live our separate ways, uh, you know, for the rest of the week. Uh, it doesn't fly." It's not acceptable. And yet, for some reason, in our faith and in our relationship with God, we think that it's okay. God, I'm going to worship you for two days a week, and for five days, I'm going to do whatever I want. And for for some reason, we think that God's like, oh yeah, that's fine. But it's not. And that's what this verse tells us. He says, trust trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not part of your heart, not some of your heart, in all of your heart. And and verses in all your ways, submit to Him. In all your ways, right? Not just in, in some of your ways, but in all your ways. And, and I think this is a big challenge for us. Uh, for me, God was speaking and, 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 and came and helped me to realize that there were certain areas of my life that I was not completely submitting to God. Uh, some... Uh, areas of my life that I just didn't trust God, and it, and it wasn't like you know like my finances, but but it was actually some of the the weaknesses and insecurities in my life. I just didn't trust Him to, you know, sort of embrace it and look after it for me. Um, you know, whether it was I just didn't feel the need to share my weaknesses to God or my burdens with Him. Uh, my idea was, oh, okay, God, you know, I I know I got these weaknesses. I'll deal with them, and then I'll come back to you. And I I just don't think that that's what God desires. You know, he he doesn't just say, go fix up your life and just come when it's all fixed. He wants all of your life in submission, good and bad. Um, I'm sure these things will come out as, as the year goes on, but... I remember the, yeah, one of the mornings just spending time just confessing to God like just, wow, God, the, these are my weaknesses and you really do care about them. Um, and just submitting even those things to God. Um, and then the next step is obviously you need to then, you know, work with God or walk with God. Um, to deal with these. And so I'm in a space now where I'm slowly walking through some of these issues. and But it was great. It was great to really get a a, a check in my life asking, well, do I really trust God with all, like with all of my life? Do I really submit to him in all areas of my life? Uh, the final thing that that I felt like uh, God was sharing with me during camp was this idea that God will do the work. This is seen in verse 6. And he will make your path straight. And he will make your path straight. A lot of the time, I think we misread this verse. I think a lot of the time we read the verses, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways submit to him, and God will help you make your path straight. You know, like in all your in all your ways, submit to him, and then you know the way. You have the answer. But the verse doesn't finish like that. It says, "And he will make your path straight. He will, not you will." When you submit to him, God does not say, "When you trust me, you'll then know what to do." God doesn't say, you submit to me and, and, and you'll know what to do. No, no, God says, submit to me and I will take care of you. I will make your path straight. And I actually think that this is the best part of this verse. This is the best part of our lives and yet we fail to see it. God says, trust me and I will look after you. I will take care of you. I will make your path straight. This is the part that should excite us. And yet we completely misread this part. All we think about is, oh, I need to trust God more. I need to submit more. I need to not trust in myself. And then I'll have the answer. No, no, you won't have the answer. God will give you that answer. God will make it for you. Whereas this should be the most exciting part of our lives, watching God make our path straight, we struggle to believe that this is the truth. We don't believe God will. And this is the problem with this part of the verse. Trust in the Lord. Okay, amen. Lean not on yourself. Amen. Submit to him. Amen. And God will take care of you. Hmm. Just don't know. So what happens is when you don't believe that last part, when you don't believe that God will make your path straight, what that does is it leads back to us. It makes us have to do something for ourselves again. And it completely rubs God out of the picture. God's saying to us, I want to do this work in your life. But we just don't trust him. And That's why we hold on to things. We hold on to things because we don't trust that when we let them go, God will make them straight, will work them out for us. That's why, you know, we try our best, working hard, as hard as we can in our lives to get forward in our lives, to, to make a, a life for ourselves. And yet, so many times we fall short. We fall short of of complete joy and satisfaction. It's not just with work, but it could be in a relationship. or It could be in your health. What would happen if you just trusted God? One of the amazing things that we get to do at church is we get to share our lives. One of the privileges at camp as well was uh, we just get to share our lives with each other. And One of the amazing uh, privileges that I have as a pastor is I I get to have a glimpse into your life. And and as much as there is good, there is also hardship and burden. And that's reality. The reality isn't, you know, will you go through hardship? The, The reality is when will you go through hardship? You know, even now, I I know there are people here that are struggling with with many things. You know, and and when when I say this, I'm I'm not I'm not pointing my fingers outwards just to you. I'm I'm pointing these fingers back to me as well. What would happen if we trusted God in these areas? What would happen if this verse? that we just read, that says that he will make our path straight. What would your life look like if you actually believe this? You know, there are people here that are struggling with non, non-believing family members. There are people here that are struggling with their finance. There are people here struggling with inner demons, addictions. There are people here struggling with insecurities, the way you see yourself. What if you actually believed? Instead of trying to do everything and anything that you can to make this work, what if you really believed what the Word of God said and, and, and when he said, hey, trust me and I'll take care of you? What would that look like? What would that look like? You know, as we come up to our five-year anniversary, sometimes, not all the time, but I'll be honest, sometimes I scratch my head, right? I sometimes sit in front of my computer and I just have this blank screen and I scratch my head thinking, what are we doing? There's a church, what are we doing? I was having these conversations with Pastor Ray and, and I asked him, he goes, what are the biggest struggles in your church? I said, we're not growing. Like spiritually, I think depth-wise and spiritually, you know, spiritual growth is, you know, I think that's happening in pockets. But number-wise, we're not growing. And number-wise, because we're not growing, financially, we're not growing. That's why I have to work at bindings and sell ladders, you know. And sometimes I sit there, and sometimes, and I'll be honest, sometimes I'm stacking ladders at work, and I scratch my head, and I go, God, is this really what you wanted me to do for my life? Stack ladders? You yeah. know, And Pastor Ray's like, why aren't you growing? And I thought, that's a very good question, Pastor Ray. Why aren't we growing? And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it. And I was like, is the worship bad? No, the worship's pretty good. You know, is our welcoming team not very welcoming? No, I think our welcoming team is very welcoming. Do we have a poor kids' program? I think we've got an excellent kids' program. So what is it then? Why aren't we growing? And I came down to this really simple idea. People just aren't inviting anyone. It's not even like our people coming off the street. It's like people aren't inviting their friends. And, and Pastor Ray tells us about this, this friend model. Your friends, your relatives, your Acquaintances and your network, you know, and and you know we're gonna we're gonna start doing this because we need to grow this church to two hundred. Because I'm kind of getting sick of selling ladders. I'm just saying. Um, and I was like, people aren't inviting people. And Pastor Ray looked at me. He says, "Why not?" <laughs> I don't know. And he asked me this question. He goes, "When's the last time you invited someone?" And I was like. Touche. Good point. You know, so many times, right? So many times we think that the solution to the problems in our lives is uh, dependent on what we do. Right? This idea, like, have you brought someone? Have you brought someone? But this is uh, uh, the next part of the conversation after I was, you know, bluntly rebuked he goes but steve more than inviting when's the last time you prayed for someone to come you know when's the last time you prayed for someone to you know when's the last time you prayed for your church to grow and i was like oh yeah maybe we have been trying to do this all by ourselves Guy reminded me of two things over the camp weekend. Number one, this is his church, not mine. And secondly, that because it's his church, he will take care of it. And I actually walked back from camp feeling very light in burden. Not worrying about empty seats or budgets or meals or whatever else we worry about. But it's this idea that God says he will. And all we need to do is believe. All we need to do is believe. I want to finish with the, the theme verse of our cam. It comes from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21. And I want you to ask yourself this as I read this is this something you believe? And it says this now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And the question is for each and every one of us, in whatever situation or context you're in, is this something you believe? Is this something that you need? You know, so many times we really do live our lives trying to find the solutions to the problems in our lives when really we don't hold those solutions. That's why we struggle because we try to find an answer where the answer doesn't exist. And yet in front of us, right in front of us, we have this amazing God who loves us, who really wants the best for you. He really loves you. He really wants the best for you. He wants you to have the best life, the fullest life that you can have. That doesn't mean without struggle, pain, burden. But he wants the fullest life that you can have. And he's saying that he can give it, he can give it to you, he wants to give it to you. And it's a question of whether you trust him. Whether you trust him with that. And whether this might be with your finances, might be with a relationship, it might be with your studies, it might be with your work, whatever it is. Do you trust him? Do you trust the words of God when they read? When they read this, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Do you believe this in your life? Do you believe this for our church? And do you believe this for our city? For me, I do. And that's why I can turn up, not with my life intact. Actually, my life's pretty all over the shop these days. But I turn up knowing that I don't need to solve my life. I don't need to have the answers for my life because I believe in a God that keeps me together. And I believe that that God is for you as well. So wherever you're at, you got a choice. You can trust Him, you can submit to Him, or you can trust yourself and work it out on your own. I would recommend you to trust God because He's got better answers than us. Let's pray.